not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but it is a short and sweet parenting tip. Hello and welcome to Short and Sweet Parenting Tips. This is episode 12 about having an only child. We are so excited to welcome Miss Leah Schmidt, who also happens to be the fabulous editor of this podcast. She is going to give us some insight on having an only child, and she herself is an only child, so we have a bonus episode here. Welcome, Miss Leah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, you're getting a twofer today, aren't you? I sure am. That's why you're the perfect uh, victim, or should I say interviewee. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like the first thing I'd like to start with is just if you'd tell us a little bit about how your growing up as an only child went. Sure. I feel like I should preface it just a little bit because my experience is somewhat unique in that I was a military child. And I was a military child with a parent who did shift work. So that had a lot of impact on my day-to-day schedule, which in turn impacted kind of my whole experience as an only child. So if it was nice outside, it really didn't matter because I'm from that generation where our parents just threw us outside. (laughs) I know. Those were the days. I wouldn't dare probably let my child do the things mm-hmm, that I did, mm-mm. but um, <laughs> a lot of freedom. But, you know, that, that was a good thing. On the days where I couldn't just go outside, say it was raining or whatnot, wow, those were the really hard days. Those were lonely because oh, right. I couldn't have a friend come over and usually I couldn't go over to a friend. So I had to get really creative about how I spent my time and to fight that feeling of almost isolation. So I got really good at playing against myself in board games, Um, actually did a lot of reading, became a prolific reader, which benefited me later on in life and school and as an adult. Um, And really, you know, the other thing it taught me is just some independence and self-reliance. Right. And that's what I'd like to underline. Um, You know, you said you had to get really creative. Those are all skills that are really terrific to have. I mean, a, a lot of our experiences as children were not the most fun, but the adult skills we get from those are invaluable. Definitely a hindsight is twenty twenty kind of thing. I think about that all the time myself when I'm trying to teach my child <laughs> different mm-hmm. things that he's experiencing. I'm like, you may not value it now, but you will later. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly I do value my experience as an only child. And while it would have been nice to have siblings, there are a lot of great things, obviously, I got out of being just the one, the only me. I know there's certain traits that people associate with only children. Can you speak to some of those things like um, maybe the parents doing them a disservice or they're they're spoiled? Yeah, both of those really resonate with me and, and both of them almost make me innately bristle because I <laughs> definitely feel like my experience, that is not the case. Yeah, um, yeah. I certainly was not a spoiled child. Now, part of that was just the fact that economically my parents couldn't afford to spoil me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. although I will say that when I did get time with my extended family I I, it was very special so Uh in that regard yeah perhaps I was spoiled but it didn't go to my head it didn't make me turn out Mm -hmm. to be a rotten kid by any Mm -hmm. stretch it it really just kind of sweetened those moments that much more for us right right in addition I wouldn't say that I was quote spoiled in the emotional sense some people say oh you have all your focus focused on this Mm -hmm. one child they're not going to know how to function emotionally because they're always the center of attention definitely that's that's a stereotype that i would like to debunk and i think for my parents 
it wasn't a conscious effort to avoid spoiling me, Mm -hmm. but the outcome was still the same. So perhaps in other situations, maybe perhaps in my own, um, we definitely are are better off than my family was growing up. Mm -hmm. Parents, no matter how they were brought up, they always want to do more for their children, give their children the best. Yes, yes, right. And and I find that sometimes kind of uh, subconsciously that I want Eli to have the things I didn't have and I want to make those things extra special. So for me, it is a more conscientious effort to not spoil him Mm -hmm. than my parents had Mm -hmm. to do with me. Mm -hmm. I think it's really just falling back on my own experience. I'm pretty self-aware of, is this a want or is this a need? Trust me, my child has plenty of wants for, say, pretty much any Lego set he could get his hands on. And it's fun to see him enjoy it. But the practicality steps in. And it's just because you have doesn't mean you should. And I'm pretty level-headed about that. So I don't feel like we have to, that we get carried away too often by that. I feel like a great example is how you handled the iPhone issue with Eli. I don't know if you would mind sharing a short version of of how you guys handled that. Yeah, well, we both felt that it was very important that Eli didn't feel entitled to his device. And just because all the other kids his age were getting it. We wanted it to be special to him. Uh, Not from the sense of like a, you know, Lord of the Rings, my precious treasure but um because a lot of kids they are like that and they turn into smeagol right right so it wasn't so much from that aspect but it was just a giving him an appreciation for this is a very expensive tool it requires a lot of responsibility and you need to be able to take care of it we felt like if we just gave it to him that would perhaps so many things come easy to kids these days they don't oh yeah they don't have to not just only children that is true that is true so from a safety perspective, a, a cell phone just was a non-issue for our family. Mm-hmm. Other families do have that mm-hmm. legitimate need yeah, yeah. At, uh, at a younger age for kids. This was something Eli wanted and didn't necessarily need. And so with that, we said, well, if it's something you want, you need to, to earn it. You need to work for it yourself. And so he relied on gift money. He did extra chores around the house. We did exercise some love and logic and gave him some parameters and let him mm-hmm. choose within okay. those. Okay, great. Of course, he wanted the fanciest, newest, you know, most highest tech. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Luckily, um, logic prevailed, which you can't always say that happens for a young teenager. And he realized <laughs> that he didn't need the big, fancy, latest and greatest. So just to give listeners an idea, how old is Eli? Eli is 13 years old, going into eighth grade this year, so we're actually just entering teenagerhood and all the fun things that that entails. In all its glory. (laughs) Yes. Okay, well, the other stereotype, and and I dealt with this when we were trying to decide if we were going to have a second kid, and that is, are you doing your child a disservice, you know, if if you make that conscious decision? And I really was... Uh, sold on just having Katie as an only child and and I remember family members saying well she shouldn't be an only child she shouldn't be an only child and I said that's not a reason to have a second kid just so that my first kid wouldn't be an only child you know so I just kind of want to hear your perspective on on that yeah well first of all when people would make that comment to me or used to make that comment to me I would often hear people say oh how could you how could you do that to your child? They'll be all alone when you and your husband are gone. And my first impulse mm. was like, 
you know, oh my gosh, that's, that's going to be me. And then again, logic prevailed and <laughs> a close bond between siblings isn't always a given. Yeah, I, yeah. I have several friends who have siblings who they don't call each other multiple times a week. They don't have that really close knit bond. So just because your blood doesn't mean you're automatically mm-hmm. that closely yeah. tied. Yeah. Right, right. You see, I didn't hear that argument. It was just, well, you don't want your kid to be an only child. So that's that's good to bring up that argument too because, but that's true. So many families are estranged right now. You just can't count on a sibling being a supportive part of your life anymore, I feel like. Right. It, it's hard to not feel, first of all, isolated uh, mm-hmm. during this time and feel like you really are going it alone, which again, I guess perhaps being an only child that my experience serves me well in that regard. But on the other yeah. hand, on the other hand, it also makes makes us be resourceful and really lean into those relationships that are accessible to us right now. And we have we have no regrets. I I get a little wistful once in a while. I wonder what if. And I actually asked him about it the other day, and and he said that he does like that he doesn't feel like he has to compete for attention, especially when my husband or I used to be gone a lot, that, yes. that oh, he can sure. kind of be the central focus. Yeah. And that, okay, that sounds maybe a little selfish, self-centered, but... I, I don't know. And the same, I'm, I, I, he's not a rotten kid for it, and we mm-hmm. all like to be the center of attention at some point. I was going to say, that's human nature, yeah. <laughs> it's not a persistent issue where he's, it's always me, 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 all about me. Mm-hmm. And part of this is because he's introverted, he has enough of that counterbalance of he needs his him time, his time for himself, that he's not all over me like a spider monkey whenever I'm home or <laughs> similarly with my husband. But he does certainly value the time that he gets one-on-one or with us as an entire nuclear family when we do have it. Well, and, and you mentioned him being an introvert. My oldest isn't quite an introvert too. She likes her space. I wonder if that was another reason we were like, oh, she could probably be okay as an only child. Better than maybe, you know, my second daughter is so social that I think it would be very, a different demand on her if she was an only child. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's funny because I'm listening to what you're saying about your own children and Eli and your older daughter are, are quite similar in that regard, whereas I relate more to your younger daughter uh, if, if she were in the only child situation because at the core... I'm more on the extroverted side of the scale, and therefore I think that's why the loneliness resonated with me a little bit more as a kid. I really, I love being around other people, and that's how I recharge my battery. Um, Whereas Eli tends to be very more introverted, and so he he doesn't actively seek out social situations. And that's where I've had to change my tack as a parent, and I can't just rely solely on my experience as a kid because I was an extroverted only child. He's an introverted only child. So I find that my husband and I have to help facilitate those for him in order for him to get that social development that he needs, that interaction. Right, right. Let me kind of re-attack this. So Eli has been, he's been around a lot of adults and he tends right. to be a little bit more cerebral and, and mature for his age anyway. So he interacts really well with adults. Whereas on the other hand, 
put him with a group of his peers and he's a lot more awkward and introvert mm. really comes out in him. Mm -hmm. He's very unsure, not as confident with himself. I guess that goes kind of back to the whole, not just picking social situations, but picking social situations that really will help him develop the skills he needs. In this case, the skills to interact with other kids his age. Do you think part of that, like, is there a percentage of that that might be introvert and a percentage that might be only child? Or is it, you know, each unique kid's situation? I'm going to go with D, all of the above. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think it, it, it's, it really is a complex combination of factors that, that play into, into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and it's know your child, and, and I say that a lot in these podcasts. Hey, here's a suggestion, here's an age range, but you've got to know your kid. So what do you find is the most challenging thing about parenting and only, and do you have ways to overcome that? Well, again, I go back to that answer about socializing, getting Eli outside of our nuclear family and making sure that he is interacting with his peers, other kids his age. Because we are such a small family unit, we tend to do more almost grown up, less mm -hmm. lighthearted activities as a family. Yeah, yeah. So he ends up getting a very grown up perspective on things. It can be a good thing, but obviously it can backfire on us. Sometimes he can be a little, like I said, snooty mm -hmm. when he's interacting with mm -hmm. other kids his mm -hmm. age. And I think it's because he, he, his experience, it's almost like he's a mini adult. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all the questions I have. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you want to mention? You know, only child, I guess I, I'll just reiterate, you know, us only children, we only children are not um, socially or I don't know, relationally deficient in any way just because we've gone it alone. Um, we have our own things to contribute. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's what I was going to say is this world takes all kinds of people with all kinds of strengths. And so the strengths that you and, and Eli are learning as only children, they contribute a whole lot. And this world wouldn't work if everyone was a social butterfly or had their hands in everything. Then who would sit down and figure things out and discover cures for COVID? <laughs> I mean, I tell my girls this all the time. If everyone were the same, then who would fix my car or be a doctor? Because I have no skill for either of those things. <laughs> Leah, thank you so much. This was such a lovely conversation and so insightful, even to people without only children. Well, I hope your listeners learned something from my experience and I'm happy to share. Thanks for having me. Thank you again. That wraps up this short and sweet parenting tip, fresh ideas in bite-sized portions. 